Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Fantastic. Great to have you with us. If you're visiting, welcome today. And uh, if you're online, uh, great to have you with us again. And so, uh, you know, these are, these are exciting days, aren't they? They're exciting days. They're exciting time to be living in right now. And uh, the reason for that is because we've got every opportunity to build our faith. We've got every opportunity to build our faith, to live what we believe. Amen? Are you talking to me? To declare what we believe, the truth that we know that is in the Word of God. You don't do that on a fine day. You do that in the day of challenge. You do that in the day of conflict where you can stand up and declare and allow your faith to rise because we know in Him we have the victory. You don't sound too convinced this morning, but it's the truth. And, uh, you know, it's a time that the church needs to re-strengthen and reinforce our values and our mission. Absolutely. It's a bit like deja vu for me because, you know, 26 years ago or, you know, nearly 26 years next month, we, we pioneered this church and we had no idea what the future looked like. We didn't know if anyone would turn up. We just put, we did the you know, the mail out in the letterbox and, um, you know, just waited Sunday morning for people to show. It was, that, that was it. All we wanted to do was to give people the opportunity to encounter Jesus and that their lives would have a better story. That's always been our motive. It's always been our agenda that we would create an opportunity for people to encounter Jesus and because of that, their lives would be a better story. And nothing's changed. 26 years later, we're beginning a new season, it looks like, you know. We don't know the road ahead. We, don't, we can't predict that, but the motive is the same. The motive hasn't changed. Maybe the fashion has. 26 years ago, I should have put up some old photos, but... I never had time. Maybe the hairstyles have changed a little bit. Um, I certainly know the culture's changed in 26 years, my goodness. And, uh, you know, so have our community values, to be honest. But the desperate need in the human heart for Jesus has never changed. The desperate need in the human heart remains the same. And that's the mission of the church. That's why we exist, to connect that desperate need of the human heart to the only one, the only one who can meet that need, which is Jesus Christ. Now, I want to learn from an account in Scripture today in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse uh, 23 to 27. Let me read it to you. It says, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. 
the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. And the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I want you to open up your heart today. I want you right now just to give him a bit of space. Right now, let me pray for you. Father, right now, Lord, as your spirit descends in this house upon each one, Lord, I pray by the power of your spirit that something, a spark of faith will come alive, that hope will be injected into each one and they will see your victory for their lives. Amen. Amen. Let's have a look at this. I think it's a relevant passage for the day that we're in. And the worst thing about going through this situation was the fact that you did, they didn't know how this was going to end. They were in a boat getting tossed to and fro, and, and, you know, it's like nightmare happening, and, and they didn't have an answer for this. Now, I'm sure that some of them were fishermen. They, they weren't strangers to, to storms. But this one was so furious that they were gripped by fear. They were gripped by fear. It was ferocious. But they learned a valuable lesson that would keep their faith strong for the rest of their life. Keep their faith strong for the rest of their life. And uh, we have that opportunity today, don't we? We have that opportunity to strengthen our faith at whatever is ahead. Doesn't matter how ferocious the storms are to come or the one that we're in right now. It doesn't matter as long as Jesus is in the boat. Amen? Let's learn today. Let's learn something that these guys learned. Number one, storms come. Revelation you know, storms come. It's as simple as that. Verse 24, you know, it tells us that suddenly a ferocious storm came on the lake. It's amazing the, the timing of this. It's amazing because Jesus had ministered all day. I mean, there were miracles happening all day. And um, he healed Peter's mother-in-law. And in verse 16, it says, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. That's a good day's work. That's a good day's work. You know, I, I, I guess it's why he was fast asleep in the boat. I mean, the man was tired. He'd worked hard all day. The ministry was going well. Jesus was doing the will of the Father. Then suddenly, then suddenly, this storm comes against them. Now you would think, I don't know, in our human understanding, I guess, that maybe Jesus would have got a bit of extra favour doing the Lord's work. You know, setting the captives free, building the kingdom of God. You think there may be a little bit of extra dispensation for him, but not the case. He faced the storms as 
we all faced. And we think that when we're born again, there's, there's some kind of exemption from bad stuff happening, but not true. Not true. Jesus never promised a trouble-free life, but Hebrews 13, God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mortals, mere mortals, do to me? Amen? That's good news. I tell you what, when I was a salesman and... Uh, you know, from time to time, there would be a job go wrong. Everyone's had that, right? Job goes wrong. You get the phone call from the, the unhappy customer who I was bold as brass over the phone. Who knows that? You know, ferocious over the phone. But you've got to go around and put it right. That's my job, right? So I go around and uh, I'm parked out front of the office. I've got to go in and I used to quote this scripture. I've got to tell you, it helped me a lot. It helped me a lot. I could go in there with the victory already. And uh, it worked for me. You might have tried it. And we have to deal with the fact that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. That's just life. That's just the way it is. But just like the disciples, the good news for them was that Jesus was in the boat. That was the good news for them. They knew Jesus. Jesus was in the boat. They weren't doing it alone. Amen? I love that. You know, I, I, I'll never forget the time that, you know, I was fighting uh, stage four cancer. And uh, I was in the fifth level of John Flynn Hospital for, for many, many weeks. And, and, you know, you don't sleep in a hospital. And when you do, they wake you up. You notice that? If you don't sleep because it's not your bed and it's uncomfortable and you know, you've got all these drugs in your system. And, uh, and by the time you get to sleep, they wake you up to take your temperature, you know. And, and that's their job. That's what they've got to do. But I remember laying there at night and you could hear the other patients in the quietness. You could hear the, uh, the screaming. You could hear the pain. You, you, you could hear the fear. Not knowing... Is this their last night? Is it, is it going to be over for them? Like, where's this going to end up? And I mean, I had those thoughts as well. The only difference was I had Jesus in the boat. And there was this peace that came over me. There was an understanding that, you know what? It doesn't matter. When you've got Christ in the boat, when you've got Jesus in your heart, he'll never leave you, never forsake you. Not everything's going to go right but he'll turn it for good, as the song says, amen? He'll turn it for good. So storms are gonna come. That's not a revelation to many of us. But here's number two. Don't just cop it. Don't just cop it. Verse 26 says, he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? He got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Personally, I think Jesus was a little ticked. 
I mean, the guy was obviously tired. He was, he'd fell asleep, got into a deep, beautiful sleep in the bottom of the boat. How cool is that? You know, the sort of the gentle rocking of the waves and you're out there in the ocean, beautiful night, and you, you just get into a deep sleep. This is before the storm, of course. And then you're out to it. You're gone, and then someone starts screaming at you to get up and, you know, we're going to die and... I don't blame him for being ticked. I would be too. These guys just witnessed the miraculous like never before. All day, people healed, demons cast out. Their faith, their faith must have been at an all-time high. All-time high with what they saw all day with what Jesus did. But when the storm came, they just sat there and copped it. When the storm came, they just sat there and allowed it to overwhelm them. Don't forget, they had the word of the Lord with them. You see, they had the word of the Lord. In verse 18, it says, when Jesus saw the crowds around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Now, I'd suggest to you today that if if Jesus gives an order, it's pretty much going to happen. Is that a fair call? Jesus, the Son of God, gives an order, it's going to happen. So regardless of what happens on the journey, they had the word of the Lord that said, you know, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. Not we're going halfway and then 60 fathoms. We're going to the other side. The safest place you'll ever be is with Jesus. Because you'll never sink with Jesus in the boat. Storm will still rage. Circumstance, situation will still happen, but you will never sink because he's in the boat. Do you remember um, when Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus? Who remembers that story? Right? Do you know that uh, Peter was in a safer place than the guys in the boat. You with me? You don't believe me? See, they could have sunk. Peter didn't. Jesus grabbed him. Peter was safer than the guys in the boat. Why? Because he was with Jesus. He was with Jesus out on the water. And it was safer than all the boys in the boat. They had more chance of sinking than he did. Look, I, as, when I was preparing this message, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. There's, there's some folks today, I don't know if you're in this room or if you're online, I'm, I, I, I don't know, but you need to hear this. You need to hear this today. Just don't sit there and cop it. Just don't sit there and cop it. It's not hopeless and you are not helpless if you have Jesus in the boat. Are you listening to me at home? Are you listening to me? It is not hopeless. It is not helpless if you've got Jesus in the boat. That's the way it is. Something's happened that has gobsmacked you. Something's happened to you that that has made your head spin. 
It's taken all the, the breath out of your lungs. Can I encourage you today? Take a breath right now. Just take a breath like that symbolically. Just take a breath and invite Jesus in the boat. Take a breath right now and invite Jesus into your situation and your circumstances. Just say, yeah, well, I did that before. Can you please do it again? Can I encourage you to lift your faith to do it again? Do it again. Breathe it in. Lift Jesus into the boat. Invite him in. And follow his instructions. Just do what he did. Do it in his name. He got up, he rebuked the wind and the waves, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to take that breath, take a moment of prayer, invite Jesus in, stand up or symbolically stand up on the inside and begin to rebuke the situation and the circumstance around your life. No one else is going to do that for you the way you can do it that you can rise up on the inside and start to rebuke, take the authority that you've been given through the blood of Christ and begin to speak to that storm, begin to speak to that situation, rebuke the thing, get up it. Don't just cop it. Get angry. Get ferocious as the storm. Begin to put it in its place. It won't happen maybe like that, but it might. Don't entertain it. Begin to shout it. Begin to declare it. Begin to speak it. Prophesy into your storm. Declare the authority of Christ. You know, one of the things I love, I love in prayer is when I start to, start to get a little bit angry. Something rises within me. Something rises with him. There's a faith that rises within me far more than when I just sit there and say, Jesus, help me. I don't know what it is, whether it's a posture or, or whether it's a faith. I, I don't understand it all, but I just know within me, something rises. I'm tougher. I'm tougher than sitting in a chair copping it. When I stand up and start to rebuke it, speak into it. I don't know who that's talking to right now, but just do what he did. And see the storm calm. Because number three, you know, we've got to learn the lesson. Got to learn the lesson. Have a look at verse 27. It says, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. That's powerful. It's a good question to ask, isn't it? kind of man is this? What kind of God is this? What, what kind of saviour is this? Who are we serving today, folks? A man who rose from the dead or someone who's still stuck in the tomb? A man who has the victory or a man that was beaten at Calvary? Who do we serve? You've got to learn this lesson. It's incredibly important because Jesus does everything for a reason. He does everything for a reason. He just didn't put on a show out there. He didn't put on a show. Um, it wasn't all about, you know, you know, look at me, look at me. It was about teaching the disciples a lesson that he's going to teach us today. 
that it's about mission. It's about mission. I bet they had more faith after Jesus Christ calmed the storm than before the storm. Amen? I bet they had more faith after Jesus said, you know, peace be still, and it was, than when they were rocking in the boat, you know, saying, we're going to die. I bet their faith was much more. And all that was about to be tested, that faith that they, you know, that rose in them when, when they saw, who is this guy? Well, that was all going to be tested when they hit the other side. In verse 28, 29, it says, When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God, they shouted. Have you come here to torture us before our appointed time? Learn the lesson. Learn the lesson. What Jesus builds in you privately will equip your mission publicly. Listen to it. What Jesus builds in you privately will build your mission publicly, will equip your mission publicly. You see, we have a circumstance, a situation we go through, and we call upon heaven and we pray, and that's the right thing to do, and say, God, deliver me from this situation. Deliver me from this storm. Deliver me from this situation. And it happens. God does deliver. We say, hallelujah, praise God, thank you for that. And it ends there. That's not why. That's not the total reason that he delivered you. You with me? You're not. That's not the total. Hallelujah that he did that. Hallelujah that he brought you through. And oh, God, you know, life is awesome again. Thank you for that, God. But that's not the total reason he did it. And this is where Christians have missed it for years. What Jesus builds in you privately will equip your mission publicly. God does things for a reason. He has delivered you. He has set you free so that your faith will rise to such a point that you can help someone else have a better story. It doesn't end with me. The miracle doesn't finish with me. The miracle goes on into the lives of those in my world. You know, I know people spend their whole life chasing the God experience but have never committed to the God mission. I mean, how much can you learn about Jesus until you discover that his heart is for the lost? How many chapters in the Bible can you memorize and repeat, you know, verbatim before you get to a point where you know the heart of God is about your neighbor, is about your friends, it's about your family. Yes, he wants you victorious. 
He wants to build you strong. He wants you powerful. He wants you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Why? Because of your mission. You've got something to say. You've got an authority about your life. Because you've been through the storm and you reach the other side and the next thing you hit, you overcome it. That's attractive, folks. That's victorious living. That's attractive. In a world governed by fear right now, a victorious believer is attractive to the world. And we don't have to get caught up in the whole cultural thing or the, you know, the, the different religions or whatever. We just got to love someone and help them through their storm. I don't know, the more I read the, 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 the Gospels, the more, you know, that um, I, I'd study the teachings of Jesus. The more I'm convinced that God expects increase. He loves fruit. Loves fruitfulness. There's so many parables he spoke about. Parable of the talents, you know, one guy given five, one given three, one given one. And, and the guys that brought the increase were praised. The guy that sat on their talent and did nothing. Didn't work out too well. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. Jesus, Jesus cursed the fig tree. Why? Because it looked beautiful in foliage, in full leaf, but it had no fruit. And we want all the good stuff in God. And He wants that for you too, but it doesn't stop with you. It it's, equips your mission to the world. He didn't die for just us alone. He died for the whole world. Amen. And He's going to give you the victory. He's going to give you the victory so you can stand up with us with the story to tell that will help someone else have a better story as well. It can't all be about us. Every lesson we learn in God equips us to help someone else. Every change in your life equips you to help others build a better story. You know what? I have seen God transform lives. I have seen, I, my life has been transformed. I've personally experienced it. I've seen God do amazing things in people's lives. You know, you, you don't even recognise them after God's, you know, brought the change that was needed in their life. You don't even recognise them anymore. They're looking so good, so alive, such purpose. I want that for everyone. I just want that for everyone. It's not complicated. I just want that for everyone, don't you? So don't let the storms hold you back. I titled this message, Deal With It. Deal with it. 
whatever's holding you back, where you don't have the victory yet, deal with it. Do what Jesus did. Take a breath, invite him into the boat. Rise up and begin to rebuke that thing. Take your authority that Jesus died to give you and be a force to reckon with. Amen. And our story will be a light in the darkness to so many. Just got to have Jesus in the boat. Let me encourage you today, if you're sitting here, if you're online and uh, you've never really invited Jesus into the boat, let me tell you, it, that's where it starts. You say, you know, my life, my life's not good. My life's in turmoil. So this is happening, that's happening. Well, you, you're doing it alone. And that's not God's plan for your life. Just invite Him into the boat. Say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. You may never have done that before. That's okay. I trust you. You won't shock him. He's been around. You say, well, you don't know my story. Yeah, but Jesus doesn't. He doesn't care about your story. He wants to make a better story. Amen. But you've got to invite him into the boat. Is that you? Just give me a wave. Give me a quick, just a quick acknowledgement. Yeah, I'm going to invite him into the boat. Where are you? Just lift it up, lift it up, let me see it. Come on, just give me a wave. Thank you, Dal. Somebody else? Come on, I'm going to invite him into the boat. Thanks, ma'am. Somebody else? Give me a wave. Come on, don't, don't, don't be shy. It's not your pin number. Thanks, sir. Just invite him in. Just say, yeah, I'm in. Lord, come into my boat. I'm going to pray with you right now. Just, why don't we all pray this together? It's just very simple. Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus into my boat right now. I invite the Saviour into my life. I want a better story. Help me, Lord. Amen. That was simple, wasn't it? That was simple, but I'll tell you what, we're going to help you. If, that, if that's you, if, if you put your hand up, we're gonna, we've got some material for you that's going to help you get started. And if you didn't put your hand up but you wanted to, then just come and see us and we'll, we'll give you the same material. Is that okay? No, nobody misses out. Just come and see us and, and we'll help you start this journey. The new story of your life. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.